Welcome to another episode of the Dutch Podcast, where integrative medicine providers and patients can learn about hormones and explore the body's most complex communication system. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Smeaton, Chief Medical Officer for Dutch. As a clinician, I focused on fertility and used Dutch testing to uncover the role that hormones play in a couple's ability to conceive. And now on the Dutch Podcast, I'll be joined by experts across functional medicine who will help us make sense of our body's hormones and take the guesswork out of treating hormone-related issues. Coming up on this week's episode, I have Dr. Debbie Rice, Director of Clinical Education for Dutch. I'm so excited to talk with Debbie about a topic that is near to dear to both women and men, androgens. Androgens and testosterone are so critical for our well-being, especially as we age, but also for our fertility, even for men and women. So it's a topic I'm passionate about, and I can't wait to learn more. Welcome, Dr. Rice. Thank you so much. I am excited to be here. I'm so excited that you are here and talking about a topic that is like really rising as something that everybody wants to talk about, which is testosterone and androgens. Yes. Yes. I think it's undervalued, actually, as we start to like. Well, especially for women, right? I mean, we talk about testosterone in men, and I think it's something that clinicians and patients, you know, we think about for men, but we don't talk about it so much for women. So let's actually start with that juicy stuff about testosterone and androgens for women. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about why they're so important for women? You know, it's a great question. And I feel like the big thing that I have had experience with with my patients is when we talk about testosterone, it's a very narrow uh, topic of testosterone just being about libido and sex drive. And as much as testosterone can influence that, it's a part of the picture. And so I feel like there's this big focus on testosterone for like, hey, my libido is low. Give me some testosterone. And it's like, well, But let's talk a little bit more about that. Testosterone, yes, again, like I said, has some influence on that, but it has so many other benefits and things that we don't really go into when we're talking about testosterone and women and women's health. Um, And you touched on it with fertility. I know that there's been some more research about how DHEA and testosterone, it's like when we're talking about androgens, we're talking more about testosterone and DHEA. And even a lot of the fertility clinics have started talking about the importance of DHEA and testosterone when we're talking about follicular development and making happy, healthy follicles and eggs so that you can, you know, create happy, healthy babies. So there's part of that. Um, Yeah, I love how you talk about it, like happy, healthy follicles. That's totally right. (laughs) And it's really interesting, like when it comes to androgens and fertility, you know, we don't think about testosterone as being like, quote unquote, a female hormone. We think about it as being the male hormone, but it is like so important for females also. And when it comes to fertility, what we know is that women who have higher androgen levels like testosterone and DHEA, the quality of their eggs is preserved later in life. Like women with PCOS, for example, um, they tend to actually preserve their fertility until an older age. Um, And we believe that's partly because there are higher androgens around. And we also know that when it's, when androgens are low, then you can supplement androgens. It's typically in the form of DHEA, but testosterone's also undergone clinical studies on this and it improves egg quality. And not only that, it also improves the DNA integrity 
of the embryo. So for couples that have had recurrent miscarriage, um, DHEA can actually help them lower the rate of miscarriage, which is mind-boggling and totally right. Yes, mm-hmm. it's and realizing that we have those opportunities to evaluate and support women um, and couples that are struggling with fertility. Yeah, like there there are definitely options like underturning some more rocks to look at. Mm-hmm, definitely. So outside of fertility, you said there are some other like kind of hidden benefits or less known benefits of androgens beyond mm-hmm. libido. And I agree, we talk about libido a lot, and you know we should a healthy, happy sex life is part of being a happy adult, happy, healthy adult. However, what are some of the other benefits that we should be talking about with androgens? Yeah, I think um, things that get forgotten about with androgens and testosterone are um, like lubrication of your joints and muscles. And we're talking about like muscle mass and bone health. Like those are big parts that androgens contribute to. And also um, sense of well-being, right? Like when we talk about testosterone in males, a lot of times, um, it's like that motivation and that drive. It's the same thing in females too, right? Like that mental motivation and drive and sense of well-being can also be represented by, you know, DHEA and testosterone. And if you don't have a lot, then it can also affect that drive and motivation that you have. I call that in my practice, a very medical technical term, mojo. (laughs) <laughs> I, I say like testosterone is awesome for your mood, your muscles and your mojo and your mojo Ooh. is that like, you know, your sex mojo, but also just your general like totally. zest for life almost, you know, that like go get it zest for life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, one of my girlfriends was telling me about, um, there's this sense, like when you have, like when you are feeling confident and strong, and if you think about like the Wonder Woman pose, right. Um, that's like a boost of testosterone. And we want to remember that that helps give us that, like, yes, the confidence and yes, the boost. So like, as you say, like that mojo, it's definitely part of that. I love that. I can totally see that like Wonder Woman pose and right? recognize the times in my life where I've like felt that oomph and then the times in my life where I wish I had more. <laughs> totally. So, yes. Yes. That's really cool. So, you know, we know that androgens are like really critical for women. And I think the other thing that's important is I feel like for women, we talk more about androgens being too high. You know, because yeah. that can be a problem too, right? Like if testosterone becomes too high in a female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, we see the the correlations between high androgens and PCOS or high androgens and irregular cycles, high androgens and acne, high androgens and hair loss, right? So we see like all of these correlations of like, ooh, androgens are bad. And so you get this idea of like, ooh, I don't want too much of that. But one of the things that I think is unfair in the hormone world is that a lot of things get labeled as good or bad, and it's really about balance, right? So when we're talking about, you know, I I don't want all of that testosterone. Well, okay, that's fair. You may not want too much testosterone, but we still want to have a good amount of testosterone so that you can have good balance with the rest of your hormones and um, being able to get the good benefits from your balanced testosterone. So that's where I think it can get kind of pushed aside as like, oh, I don't want to talk about testosterone because I don't want testosterone. Like I don't, I don't 
want to have to deal with high levels of testosterone. So I would agree a lot of clinical presentations or clinical concerns show up because of concerns of high testosterone or high DHEA. And they're legitimate, right? Yeah. Like there are definitely clinical pictures that, you know, represent like, yes, absolutely. This can be a problem and we can address it, but that doesn't mean that it's evil. Yeah. I'm so glad that you bring that up because like hormones are just chemicals. They're not good or bad, you know? And, um, uh, you know, when we talk about hormones, like I definitely hear the same thing. It's like progesterone, good. Estrogen, bad. Testosterone, right. good if you're a man, bad if you're a woman, right? right? But right. we actually need them all. Like estrogen, we label as kind of the bad thing because we can have too much estrogen dominance. And we have, yeah. we see a lot of that clinically because there's so many compounds in our environment that act like estrogens that come from Very plastics true. and body care right. and all this stuff that lead more and more females to have problems with estrogen dominance. But it's not estrogen's fault. You know, it's not right. a bad hormone. In fact, right. it's like the most positive important mother hormone for reproductive, you know, the reproductive function. So without estrogen, yeah. there are no babies, right? So right. of course, exactly. you need it. it's a good thing, but same yep. with testosterone, it's a good thing. You just want to have it in balance. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I would agree. I think that a lot of focus is on too much testosterone, too much androgens and how to make things better. I feel like there are suggestions out there of like, Hey, take these things because you have high testosterone and because you might have symptoms of high testosterone. And I think the important part of that is understanding what your levels are and how you're feeling and being able to evaluate that. So I think that's also important. Mm -hmm. Like there can certainly be symptoms that could be assumed to be from higher androgens, but you don't know unless you test and you know for sure. Right. So I think that that's also an yeah. important consideration of just not going in blind of like, well, you know, I hear that these symptoms happen when you have high testosterone. Yeah. They can also happen. Yeah. I see that a lot. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like hair loss is a great example where when women start yes. losing a lot of hair, um, I see oftentimes that clinicians jump to like, oh, your androgens must be too high or testosterone might be too high. And they treat presumptively, but like other big causes of that are like thyroid dysregulation or high stress or, you know, yep. a drop in hormones post-pregnancy, things like that, that can also yes. cause that same symptom. So it is important to like test and to, you know, dig in a little bit deeper to make sure you're actually identifying the problem. 100%. When it comes to testing for testosterone, we do test androgens, including DHEA, including testosterone on the Dutch test. Um, but there's also value in testing serum levels, right? Which is a great screening tool. Can you talk a bit about like, when would you do serum and when would you look at the Dutch test and why? Yeah, I feel like um, we could say that the gold standard for testing testosterone is in serum. You, I will say this though, when you do test testosterone in serum, you want to get the full picture of testosterone. So you want to look at the total testosterone, the free testosterone, the sex hormone binding globulin, because you have all of these things that are influencing, you know, what is available for your testosterone. I call sex hormone binding globulin, the babysitter um, of testosterone and estrogen, right? Like it helps get testosterone and estrogen to where they need to go. But when it's doing that and it's transporting it, that means it's bound, right? So there's a difference between that free testosterone and that bound testosterone and what is available in the tissues. Um, doing serum testing gives you a good 
evaluation of how much testosterone is being made and how much testosterone is available. The reason why you could expand upon that and maybe consider doing a Dutch on top of that is because the Dutch test will kind of open up a little bit more information about how the body is metabolizing that, tos that testosterone. So once your body makes that testosterone, right, like we can get a good read in a serum of like, yep, here's your testosterone level, here's what's free and available. But the Dutch kind of further opens up that door of like, then what does your body do with that testosterone? Um, I think that there's an important thing to remember that testosterone is also a precursor to estrogen. So I think it gives a lot of information mm -hmm. about how the body is, you know, converting and um, utilizing that testosterone and that availability for estrogen. So I think there, you know, it's a it's further, like I call it, you know, checking under the hood, like further diving into not only how much testosterone is being produced, but then what happens with the testosterone. Yeah. And that's such an important point that you make. Like, with estrogen, in cycling women, the most estrogen is made predominantly from the ovaries. But then after menopause, when the ovaries aren't active anymore, most of it actually gets converted from testosterone in the adipose yeah. tissue, right? In the fat tissue. Yeah. Yep. So having enough testosterone around postmenopausally is critically important because you want to have enough estrogen postmenopausally to like not have hot flashes and to maintain right. your bone, you know bone density and all these other benefits of estrogen, you know, it might actually be low because you have inadequate androgens also. Um, so yes. it's definitely important for your postmenopausal females too. So we've talked a little bit about yeah. kind of fertility and cycling females and postmenopausal females. Um, let's talk a little bit about androgens in men. Yeah. So men, I think they want to know a lot more. I think a lot of men want to be screened for low testosterone. And um, in some ways it's become like the candida of male hormonal health. Oh my I would gosh. say where yes. whenever men, <laughs> do you know what I mean when I say that? It's yes. like if yep. men aren't feeling their best for whatever reason at all, it's the first thing they think of is my testosterone must be low. Um, and yep. I think that's partly because low testosterone in males leads to like such a wide variety of symptoms for men, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you can see it too. Like if you just, whatever city in, at least in the U S that I can say, um, you are going to hear all the ads on the radio. You're going to see all the clinics, all the billboards of like low T low testosterone. Are you feeling fatigued? You should probably get on some testosterone, right? So you have this like media that's also just, you know, preaching to the male choir of like, Hey, if you don't feel good, it's probably because you need testosterone. The interesting thing about that is so males create testosterone. Most of like 95% of the testosterone that males make is from their testes. You get some production from your adrenal glands. And so the, the very different component for males is that if you're feeling tired and you're not feeling like your good old self, it's, it may not just be about testosterone. We also probably want to look at, you know, adrenal function and cortisol, because that can also influence your energy, your body's ability to deal with stress, your ability to sleep. Right. So I, I, I understand the desire to focus on testosterone, but it may not be just about testosterone. Um, the other thing when we're talking about testosterone production is testosterone is 
the majority of testosterone is made and produced like you get the signaling um, when you're asleep and closer to the time that you're about to wake up, right? So if you're a guy and you're not sleeping well, you're probably, you know, you don't have the tools to make your testosterone the way that you were making it before. So that could certainly be a problem. But if you are, it's, if you are stressed out, yes, cortisol can influence that. But when you are stressed out and you are not sleeping, it may be more of a secondary effect on your testosterone. But it's important to evaluate all of that, right? You don't want to just assume that there's a testosterone issue. You want to see, is your body making testosterone? Is your body converting your testosterone to estrogen? And what's going on in your adrenal realm, right? So it's not just this singular focus. If we were made in silos and we could separate our bodies out into all of these little silos and be like, oh yeah, let me just, you know, adjust the dial on this one. You'll be fine. <laughs> Medicine would be so much easier. <laughs> Life oh would be gosh. so much easier. It would be so much more straightforward. I mean, that yeah. would make our jobs as docs so much easier. Yeah. So much easier. But you're right yeah. about that like complicated mess. In fact, when the HPA axis, when the adrenals aren't functioning properly and like cortisol is too high and other glucocorticoids are too high, it actually yeah. also impairs testosterone manufacturing in the testes. So yeah. high stress, poor sleep. And the other one I throw in there that's a biggie is alcohol intake. And oh, so yeah. alcohol intake and stress and lack of sleep will cause testosterone to tank, probably in females too, but most of the research is in males. So that is, yeah. to me, like the epitome of the setup of stressed men, right? And You've seen men Absolutely. who are in their 40s, 50s, are starting to age. They've been under chronic stress for a long time, probably burning the candle at both ends. Don't have time to work out anymore, which is tough because good hard workouts boost testosterone. But those have gone away exactly, and you're not yeah. sleeping and you're super stressed and you turn to like alcohol at the end of the day to help you wind down. All the that comfort, yeah. For, all those comfort yep. things are a complete disaster for testosterone. So, you know, it's important you know, we think about testosterone replacement sometimes, but you also can make huge, huge impacts just starting with lifestyle stuff um, in men. Absolutely. So yeah, if men are like feeling like their testosterone might be low, what are some of the lifestyle factors that they might implement in order? And a lot of these are also applicable for females. What might people do to try to boost that naturally? Yeah, I think first and foremost, I would say sleep, like helping to prioritize sleep. And I know that sounds like a very easy thing to say, but if you're like, yeah, great, Debbie, but I try to go to sleep at 10 and then I'm hanging out, you know, for four hours tossing and turning and I don't know what to do. Um, so I think it's also looking at stress stress management, like the foundational things that we look at, right? Like making sure that you are managing your blood sugar, eating well throughout the day, hydrated, um, moving your body. And even if you're not getting the same gains that you were when you were previously working out, your body does well with that movement, right? Like it helps to create some of that routine and that can mm. also help with your energy and sleep patterns too. Um, so I think, you know, blood sugar stability and making sure that you're getting good nutrition, all of the right um, nutrients, which may include, you know, additional supplements or vitamins, um, moving your body, hydration, sleep, wake cycle. So helping to stabilize that when you're asleep and when you're awake and how your body is moving. So stress management is going to be a big part of that too. Yeah, definitely. Be difficult. 
Yeah, it's always easy to be like, just be less stressed. You're like, okay. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about sleep, interestingly, my husband is going to love that I'm like sharing this on the public podcast. So for all of you <laughs> listeners out there, well, if he's listening, sorry, babe, but, um, he's been on, my husband's been on a supplemental testosterone before. And what's really interesting is before the clinic agreed to do it, they made him get screened for sleep apnea because he yes. reported insomnia and trouble sleeping. And actually That's sleep crazy. apnea will lower testosterone levels because it impairs sleep. And so mm-hmm. it's actually the most responsible thing to do before putting a patient on testosterone therapy, especially if they report sleep problems, is getting yeah. them screened for that. Because sometimes that's the root cause, which is like so interesting and fascinating. Yeah. And that comes back to that sleep pattern, right? So I think mm-hmm. sleep is really um, can be overlooked and taken for granted when it comes to male health. Yeah. And maybe we can come back on another episode, bring you back, talk a little bit about some of the like testosterone replacement therapies that are out there and like who they might be appropriate for and not, because that's such a big topic. But for men who do need testosterone support, there are like kind of your natural options and then there's like Mm -hmm. hormone replacement options. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of your favorites that people might look into? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because, um, one of our big herbal guys, when we were talking about like natural supports for, um, like building up testosterone and he was like, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the herbs may not directly increase testosterone. Right. But it's really about helping to decrease inflammation, stabilize your stress response. Right. So it's, it's all about those indirect things that can influence your testosterone. Mm -hmm. Right. Like a big thing that we think of is tribulus. Tribulus has um, been in the research a lot for testosterone. Um, horny goat weed is a really nice herb to think of. I mean, there are a handful of herbs that mm-hmm. may help with that signaling. And what we're talking about is like that brain to testicular signaling, right? So it's helping to support that along with reducing inflammation and supporting the stress response. Um, Outside of that, I think the next bigger step is going to be that testosterone replacement therapy. And that, again, is like a whole other realm that we can jump into. The one thing, and you kind of touched on this, right? Like the responsible thing is to check in on other things that can affect that testosterone production. Because once we start supplementing testosterone, right? Like if your body's getting testosterone, then it's getting the signal that you're getting enough testosterone. So your brain is not working as hard to tell the testes to make testosterone. So it can affect your own production of testosterone. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that you want to think of, not just about now, but like in the future. So that's, that's a big consideration when we're looking at testosterone and testosterone support, um, for males mm-hmm. in particular. Especially for guys who still want to have kids, right? Because yes. if you're taking outside testosterone, your the signals that come from your brain that tell your testes to make testosterone also tell your testes to make sperm. They're yep. secreted together from the brain. So if you're getting less signal to make testosterone, you'll also get less signal to make sperm and you can just completely shut down your sperm production. So, um, I've actually had a number of patients who come in where they had no idea about that. And that was the root cause of their infertility. So definitely important to think about another natural substance I have really come to like is Shilajit. Have you ever used that? It's from the Ayurvedic tradition and it's like a, (gasps) It's like a, so I forget um, about this with testosterone, but yes. Yeah. 
it's really a powerful substance and I've had it like you can taste it. It's like a lichen that grows on rock and it basically is a disgusting, bitter sludge is how I would describe it. So I'd recommend the capsule, <laughs> yep. form, but I had the chance to taste it. And like, you know, if you want to taste something that has a lot of power behind it, this mm-hmm. is it. Shilajit. It's a pretty wild experience. Um, but yeah. that's another one. And then I think the adrenal support I would add to like all those adrenal herbs, because there is so much of the like symptom picture that gets tied together. Right. And I love pairing testosterone supportive herbs with adrenal supportive herbs for that, like, um, longevity and that energy boost and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think they can work wonderfully synergistically. Well, we have covered so much in today's episode. So thank you so much, Debbie. This has been amazing to have you on Dr. Debbie Rice, and we will definitely have to have Dr. Debbie back to teach us a little bit more about testosterone replacement. And um, again, how the Dutch can really support practitioners in getting the best information um, about this and about how to dose and how to monitor with patients. So thank you so much, Dr. Debbie. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Come back next week for more hormone education just like this. If you are enjoying the Dutch podcast, also please help us spread the word by commenting and sharing it wherever you listen. Don't forget to also follow at Dutch Test on Instagram and Facebook for news, education, and provider resources. And if you're a healthcare provider struggling to find answers to your complex patient concerns, registering as a Dutch provider will give you the tools you need to profoundly change the life of your patients. Trust us, we know because we are Dutch providers. Dutch providers get advanced hormone education, comprehensive test results, clinical support from docs like Dr. Debbie, and much, much more. Just visit DutchTest.com and then click on providers at the top of the page and we'll be able to get you started. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.